My reason for this, my reason is for one that you may share, possibly. I have a very low tolerance level for stupid bullshit. Now y'all thought y'all could get that past us. Welcome to the Dissect the BS podcast. I'm Uzo. And I am RJ. And today we are delving into chapters 5 through 12 of I Am Glad My Mom Died, a book by Jeanette McCurdy, former child star of the infamous Nickelodeon. The iCarly Girls. Yes. (laughs) Don't do my sis like that, Jeanette. Her name is Jeanette and she's a star. (laughs) So we covered chapters one through four a couple of weeks ago, and now we're getting into this book. The things are getting juicier, and we're really getting a deeper look at Jeanette, how she grew up, like some of her mannerisms, as well as like her mom's crazy antics. Like even Mm -hmm. though she was crazy one through four, but now it's kind of like, girl, like you're doing too much. Yeah. Mm. So let's get going on chapter five. So (laughs) literally in chapter five, like the whole chapter is Jeanette detailing like how nasty her house is, um, Mm -hmm. how much clutter is in her home, how much she hates being home. um, And she finds her outlet in going to church. She is Mormon, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And she hates when her family is late to church because she wants to get out of her house to spend as much time away from home as possible so here she is I believe she's seven at the time she's like washing dishes cleaning up messes facilitating who's coming in and out of the bathroom who needs to get ready making sure that her mom doesn't step in like spoiled milk that her brothers drop from their cereal because her mom is also crazy so like if she steps in the milk she insists that they go to Walgreens or CVS or something Mm -hmm. to get some new tights which shaves off all this time from church and Jeanette just wants to get to church because she doesn't like being at home how like what are your thoughts of like having someone that young like facilitating all of these things just because they don't want to be at home I mean so I will say for the girls in the back chapter five was really a blur to me because I really started like resonating with everything as it got more into the chaos of her family dynamic, um, mm-hmm. which we'll expand a little bit more on in the following chapters. But I think to your point, um, I don't know. It seemed as though, like, it was clearly a very emotional time for Jeanette, you know? And I think due to her experiences, like, it resonates so much. But, like, when I think about... I don't know, growing up with, like, a younger sibling, Mm -hmm. that's kind of, like, something that you had to do in order for there to be some kind of balance. Because every family is kind of chaotic. So, you know, I I don't want to take away her experience. But, like, it it does seem slightly, like, dramatic. I I guess that's why I was just like, oh, okay, well. (laughs) Yeah, like. I don't know, you know. But. But I will say as it expands and as she gets, you know, deeper into why I think the structure of everything was chaotic and, and what that did in regards to her relationships with her parents, her brothers, that that it it all made sense then. But the detail, it, it was a blur. 
Yeah, I actually honestly resonated with this chapter. Um, there were a lot of themes around poverty. Um, her mom was always complaining about money. Mm -hmm. um, apparently they lived in a home that her dad's parents owned and they were mm -hmm. renting and the mom thought that, you know, she should live there for free for whatever reason, mm -hmm. as if a mortgage isn't being paid on the home. But mm -hmm. that's neither here nor there. But Jeanette was like expressing that, um, you know, she was kind of embarrassed because the way her house was, um, yeah. her mom was clearly a hoarder. So there was literally no free space. Um, I think she was saying that like her grandparents slept on the couch in the nursery. There was just mm -hmm. stuff everywhere. So she was embarrassed about that as well as like embarrassed about the presentation of her house, like, on, like in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and I can relate to that because both of my parents, like they're both professors at a prestigious school where I am. Um, they're both immigrants, um, and which probably attributes to how they live. They're very frugal, mm -hmm. um, you know, to where we as kids knew that we had money, but we didn't understand like why, like the house was so ran down and like tacky, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. we're like, it's embarrassing, like to have certain cars out there or to have people come in your home and see like different clutters of like stuff. I don't think yeah. it was to that magnitude, but yeah. I do remember like feeling like, dang, like, you know, why can't we just like clean this out? Like, I know my mom, um, she's someone, and my dad is too, honestly, they have issues letting go of things. Like mm -hmm. they just did like a mass cleanup of my home because they had, they got a new floor. So I think they're slowly like rebuilding it, um, getting it together slowly, but surely, but um, they got new hardwood floors. So they had to like clean out a lot of stuff out of the bedrooms, um, out of like the living rooms. And that forced my mom to give a lot of stuff away. Yeah. Um, but I remember like, even when I would come back after I got my own place, like I would refuse to sleep at home. I wouldn't yeah. spend more than like two nights at home like over like the holidays because it was yeah. too much stuff. It was uncomfortable, didn't want to be there. And like, I would vocalize that. I would be like, I'm not sleeping here. They would be like, oh, like, you know, why aren't you staying the night? Because I'm not sleeping here. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, it's too much yeah, stuff. Yeah. I don't want to sleep here. I have a whole house yeah. I can go back to. I will be here for the day. So when she was saying that, I was like, yeah, true. True, 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 true. I guess my question there, and I think it goes interestingly enough back to like a psychological part because yeah. I totally get what your perspective is but I think sometimes to the parent I mean you know Jeanette's parents they have a, some interesting issues especially her mom yeah you know the the sense of living vicariously through your child and how you can kind of handicap them toxic. in a way that impacts them it is toxic but I think to at least the relatively balanced parent who still has their own fair share of mm. adjustment issues I think sometimes that question can come from a sense of like just wanting to have you back around. So like, you know, just in the space, like, oh my God, why aren't you saying? Because I totally agree with you. Not necessarily the experience of some things, but when I go to my parents' place, I'm just like, oh, gotta go. Just it's yeah. ready for me to be yeah. here. Like, you know, I don't need to necessarily stay. Um, I mean, granted, this is when they were in Jersey. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously they're in North Carolina now. So you know, that would be a little bit different. I obviously would be spending a bit more time with them. But if this is just a quick hop and stop over, like, yeah. you know, the Hudson, mm -hmm. then I'm just like, oh, I can just hop and stop right yeah. back on home. No need for me to stay. Mm -hmm. when I'm just an hour and a half away. Paying mm -hmm. rent for a reason, you know, but I, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. I do. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's a fact because it is sometimes it's like, like you said, I'm over here, I'm paying my own bills. Like you get comfortable in your home. Like mine is because for me, I just physically was not staying there. It was too cluttered. I was not staying there. But it's like, I feel like, like you said, with anybody who has their own stuff, you have stuff the way that you like it. So like, of course, like you're not going to be laying your head everywhere when you have your perfectly made bed at home, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can tend to, you have your stuff together. So Anywho, transitioning into chapter six. Yeah. Um, very toxic. Um, yeah. yeah. In this chapter, her mother, like, it was like a fight between her mom and her dad. Yeah. Um, her dad came back a couple hours late from work, um, which resulted in the mom chasing him out with a knife um, while the yeah. kids were there. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I will say, like, again, you know, for those that are tuning in uh, for the first time or into the middle of our digest of this book, um, I do have the audiobook. So, like, hearing it was uh-huh. just very, like, wow, this is pretty chaotic. But it's a sense of normalcy you kind of get when she's explaining it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, versus, I guess, if I were to read this in detail, it like, the way she explained it was so like organized chaos. Like mm-hmm. you, you really felt like, damn. But then, you know, I thought about, you know, it never evolved any butcher knives in my house. But you know, there was some Yeah. I mean, so you your know. go-to can't just be like, oh, let me grab a gigantic knife and yeah, make you sleep exactly. in the car. Like it just seemed exactly. like it was at the drop of a dime, which yeah. my thing is like, why are you coming back two hours late from work? And like, it didn't seem like he really explained why. So that's, that's a whole nother thing. True, But he, it was what was reiterated in, yeah. in the book. And, you know, I recall Jeanette saying this when she was, you know, doing the, um, the audio dialogue, um, was that like, he should have known that this was going to happen. Like, yeah. you know, he should have been aware because this is how her mom responds. And, yeah. you know, it, it was like. It was that which kind of painted it to show that this is really her reality. You know, yeah. it, it's something that, you know, for me, it was the GoldenEye 007 game playing right. between her brothers because as and they a just gamer, ignore it. as a gamer, that whole like part of the book made me feel so home. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, GoldenEye? Tell me why I had that same game. And on not the those 64. three sentences automatically made you feel at home. But <laughs> it was not just the three sentences. They finished it at the end of the argument while the chaos was happening yes. with the hand clap. And that was when like, I knew the gameplay had to be popping because you can just disassociate from whatever is happening on that side mm-hmm. into this level of escapism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fortunately... I think, you know, in some regards, like we all find that, you know, because that was so much of their reality, at least, you know, later on in the book, uh, in the following chapters, you know, her brothers dip and dabble into what it is that she was experiencing. But the focus is never, is never that exchange that you feel from you know Jeanette's mom to her yeah it's it's more of just oh just just because you know why not just try but I say that because you know they had time to at least it seems like experience more of their reality than than she did Mm -hmm. yeah she was clearly a prototype designed when she came out the womb to do a specific thing Mm -hmm. like her mom had a plan for her um which is quite frightening very very toxic as parents do not have kids 
while just for the sole purpose of you envisioning like how you can get gratification like if your sole purpose for having like a little boy is being like oh like when I get to go to his football games Mm -hmm. and buy him sneakers and stuff like that you may be highly disappointed if your child is uncoordinated and like sandals so you just don't just have kids raise them be focused on like what they want to do of course like you can introduce them to different things, but if they don't want to do it, leave them babies alone. Yeah. Leave them alone. Yeah. Leave I mean, alone. but what I can say was interesting and I find over time is explored in the chapters. And this is a point that I do kind of mirror um, with Jeanette is like, you know, you look at your parents relationship as its own kind of thing you know like you know and she expanded on this um later on but like really diving into who her dad is and understanding yeah versus looking at the chaos created in your household between your parents and how your mom feels about him therefore truly I think either displacing that upon you you know so you can feel that same way about him especially because it's happening in front of you but it's good to see that throughout you know the chapters that that is its own thing that's kind of personified in its own Mm -hmm. way and you know Jeanette is going through the process of understanding her her family you know when it comes to her mom and dad as their own kind of you know individual versus I I think how she thinks about her siblings which is very interesting because like it's so much association it's Mm -hmm. very like interesting when you I think are in a nuclear family and I would say if you have like three siblings or or two siblings or so like it's still pretty nuclear I would say like anywhere beyond four is like it's a bit more expansive and like Mm. you know but I would say it's still pretty small um but yeah I just thought that was really interesting because I definitely I shed some kind of like understanding with that perspective as well yeah chapter seven shall we Let's go, darling. Um, I mean, I will say, like, Uh something that stood out to me about this chapter was, like, I titled it Umbrella-less and Waterless. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it was just, like, I thought the way that she described how the principal actors are being treated Uh was very interesting when it came to what the actual um, premise of the the show was that they were doing Mm -hmm. and how, you know, they're supposed to represent some impoverished people. And, you know, that's what this was to look like. But it was also how she explained it Mm -hmm. and, and, and how I think she talked through that feeling of, feeling that at the time Mm -hmm. you know like you were not of the same caliber so mentally adding what we just did from the previous chapter I thought that was such an interesting start Mm -hmm. because it's like still you're not really good enough you know even when you kind of are you know and you're doing what it is that you want your your mom you know to appreciate you for you're still not even in theory for what you're doing representing that so I thought that was an interesting start to the Mm -hmm. the chapter so far I thought it was hilarious because um she was so miserable to be there yeah and that's how she got picked yeah (laughs) and I was like oh you should smile and then she's like I 
I don't want to be here. And then yeah. like the, the director is like, oh, she has a great sad face. Yeah, so sad girl. I bet I almost wish that she was happy so she wouldn't have gotten picked and maybe just broke the cycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, oh my gosh. Like, oh my goodness. I felt so bad because of course her mom was like, oh my God, like you can be a principal actor now. We're going to reach out to your agents and we're going to see if they can go ahead and move you into this role. Uh -uh." And is this the chapter when her mom ran into like the other little girl's um, parent and who referred her to Candace Cameron's mom? Yes. I think that, yeah, I think that's the same chapter. Um, If I'm not mistaken. Um, because there were a few where I know she referenced someone else's mom, but I, I think that was the chapter. For me, what also stood out with that is the fact that her mom was still wiping her at age eight. Oh my God, yes. I forgot yeah. about that. That was like, that was definitely- That was predatory. In my notes. It was, and like, she detailed it like, wipe, wipe, wipe in my Pocahontas dress. I think that's what she had on at the time. Um, But yeah, it was just like- Eight is way that, too old. Yeah. That is way too old. Yeah. Like when and you're your eight, mom... you're like cursing and like you're like being bad, writing bad notes to your friends. Like yeah. that's way too old. Wait, can we pause? I don't see you moving and I don't know if you're moving on your end. Oh, is it freezing? It's, it froze. Yeah. Is it still, is it going? No, now you're going. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. All I right. was moving. So. Uh, okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't like have that stay there and like the whole thing would be better so I just wanted to stop okay okay cool um so yeah so her mom is still wiping her I thought that was that was super uh crazy but I also think I think there was a point where her mom was talking about her expressing her sadness and how that's going to cause like permanent line damage on her face and like she should not do these things it was those like details where as a someone who's listening to the book, I was like, that made me uncomfortable to hear. And, and like really just thinking about the degree at which, you know, your caregiver is critiquing you yeah. for just being natural and responding and, and navigating through your own sense of autonomy and mm-hmm. life. You know, that was just is unsettling, you know. It just seemed like there was no room for emotion or autonomy, like, and that yeah. that really manifests throughout the next chapters. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. So, yeah, I forgot all about that wiping scene. Oh, that like, that stuck out to me. So I was so detailed by that. I forgot all about that. I don't know how, because like I when I first read it, I was like, I'm sorry, eight yeah it's nasty yeah but so in chap so I guess like the mom like gets the information for um Candace Cameron's mom Mm -hmm. which if you know the girls from um Full House DJ and then also what's that show her brother was on Kurt Cameron um show me that smile show me that smile growing pains growing pains oh it was Kirk and Cameron brother and sister Mm -hmm. they ruled the 80s two of the mm-hmm. biggest hit shows in the 80s really? so their mom 93. is now a um but you didn't watch did you not watch <laughs> I mean it's okay I mean it's it's for the girls with an eye but um I was always up on those shows did you watch Family Matters that was around the same I era? did watch Family okay. Matters yeah fun fact so the same person who sang the Family Matters theme song the um step by step theme song oh, mm-hmm. and full house theme song it was the same person oh 
Oh and remember, God. all those theme songs were busting. They were. If you remember, <laughs> they were busting. I do remember. I, I was like, remember. oh, so this man has soul because he was going he off did, on yeah. all three. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, yeah that's I mean, a little fun fact. That song that did make me happy all of a sudden. I like step. I like all of them songs. How did Full House go? Was it everywhere oh, you look? Oh, everywhere every, is yeah, high. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere oh. you look. Wow. Wow. And then uh, so family member, family matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that song. It's <laughs> <random>. <laughs> it just <laughs> <stayed> <laughs> and then you saw Estelle, the, the grandmama, come around right. the corner. God bless the dead. Estelle oh, was the goat. Oh my God. But um, anywho, anywho, in chapter eight, really. um, the mom has found a new obsession because she has to get Jeanette in um, mm-hmm. with um, Kirk Cameron's mom and, um, you know, also Jeanette's oldest brother, um, mm-hmm. I believe Marcus. Marcus, yeah. Yeah, at this time, he's like 15, 16, though. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess she's like, oh, like, you can come. And then she leaves out the other, the middle one. Yeah. And Jeanette's just like, how come, like, he's not, how come we got to do this? And he's not. Yeah. But it was like an unspoken agreement. Yeah. So I guess he was, he was probably funny looking or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably chunky or something. <laughs> to where the mom didn't think he had the looks, probably. which is terrible. But, um. Yeah, I wonder how he felt though. Like, do you think that he was like, because I know she doesn't go into detail about like her brothers, yeah. which I hope she does. Um, I hope we get to learn like more details about them. But um, she doesn't really elaborate. But like, I wonder like if he was like, oh, thank goodness I don't have to deal with that. Or if he was like, how come I don't get the go? I, don't, I mean, I wonder. I don't really think that maybe he thought anything of it. Because I think he would notice that as a kid, though. You would well, notice no, I it. think, true, but, you know, what's felt, you know, and this is also having a sibling, and you, you know, as well, like, our experiences are, like, our experiences, and, like, mm-hmm. listening to a sibling's, like, sure, we may have grown up in the same household. Yeah. But, uh, you know, how things, you know, shape you and develop, like, that's still very different, you know, because we're, we're both different people. We're all different people. So I don't really know what the feeling of that would have been, per se, Um, because even when she was talking about Marcus is his name, right? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I put it in my notes. Yeah, Marcus. Um, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, so what? <laughs> like, j- yeah, I'm doing it just because. And, you know, mm-hmm. I happen to have the smile and these features and whatever. It might work. Yeah. But versus like, oh, this is what mommy wanted to do when I was young. And if I had this life that I could have, but you're going to be the living, splitting image versus this is just a good addition to maybe do it because this is working right now. Yeah, because the mom clearly yeah. wasn't, Um, I feel like with that though, it, and like you said, like even if it was the same amount, like even if it was the exact same scenario and the same yeah. pressure on two people, you, they may feel very differently about it. Yeah. So just like the, um, the, um, I forget what the term is, but it's a term for like immigrant, immigrant parents who are like very strict but like Mm. let's say like you have like an Asian family to where like the parents Mm. are super super strict on their kids you have one person that's like thriving getting straight Mm. A's and the other person can turn into a serial killer because of the pressure so I get you with that but I was more so saying like I wonder if um you know I was just kind of speculating on how Mm -hmm. the one who was left out yeah how that one perceived 
what was going on Ah, as opposed to like how the two felt about whatever the mom was doing because that one was like he was in the middle so he was old enough to be like okay like how come I'm not so this is just something that I'm not doing like is this why is everyone else doing it yeah but um but yeah basically Marcus does really well Jeanette is awkward um, she does yeah. not do well and the mom like begs and pleads for her to get put in there and like she is accepted yeah uh, that's that's just uh, I can't so I don't really have anything other than like the pressure of being accepted and that being like associated with emotional attachment yeah it's like these these like audiobook sections are literally like three minutes you know it's okay I feel like there's not much to get from it anyway because the chapters are like literally like if you read the book the chapter I haven't had a chapter that was longer than like four pages so I will say I feel like chapter I think it was 12 was the longest chapter yeah that yeah because that was seven minutes Mm -hmm. um everything else honestly was between two to three minutes Mm -hmm. um but from chapter nine, um, something that like stood out to me was like the acting lessons that she had to take or mm-hmm. just kind of going through being different animals and, yeah. and loosening it up and making the elephant trumpet sound. And she's just like, let the animals be the animals. Girl. Yeah. Like, I'm like, know. how are you so over it as an elementary yeah. school? Like you're not having any fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, I mean, you know, kid. But to, to that point, like, socialization is very important and they were homeschooled so you know I I do think like that you know is such an interesting factor to understanding yourself and being aware of interacting with other people Mm -hmm. and although like she's doing it you know in this way essentially but when you have like a, a hangman associated with your life i.e your mom yeah you know you're you you don't really have any sense of understanding or or navigating by yourself so i would think honestly just having you know i guess like learned about the brain and how the mind works and also stages of development because that's very important yeah. um like socialization is key like you know it, it helps a lot being in the classroom setting mm-hmm. helps a lot um there are all those things that, you know, she didn't necessarily have. So, or at least, you know, weren't highlighted thus far and also taken into the fact that she's homeschooled. I can only imagine, like, not saying that, you know, that leads to anything bad, but when you have a controlling dynamic, yeah, um, who knows how that can actually Homeschooling is very tricky. Um, The key, I had cousins who were homeschooled, like their whole family, they all like ended up going to Ivy League schools mm-hmm. because their mom, um, I used to like... I low-key was like jealous of like them and like another family to like where the mom stayed at home. The mom was just so involved and just like did everything. But um, these particular kids were homeschooled and like the Mm -hmm. mom would like take them to, um, I guess, cause you know, with homeschooling, there's like classes for them, but it'll be like a class of like 10 kids. Yeah. So like, at least back then, like, so even though they were doing their own guided learning, they would meet up with Mm -hmm. like other children throughout Mm -hmm. the week um the plans are specified to them you mm-hmm. know it really enhanced the way that they learned um yeah. they would be able to join like other high schools and middle schools for like the sports teams too mm-hmm. so that oh, way they can okay. interact with other kids and stuff That's i remember cool. yeah. at our high school we had a couple of mm-hmm. people who were homeschooled but they would like play like yeah. basketball 
or whatever oh, for the high school yeah. that we went to. Oh, so I if it's done correctly, active. I'm like, screaming. But <laughs> if it's done correctly, it's really not yeah. a hindrance. It's actually pretty mm. special because Good. it's guided to you. Like I know yeah. if I was homeschooled, um, I'm pretty smart. Like I'm not even going, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but like I was always really bad at math. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not grasp it. I couldn't grasp mm-hmm. like algebra or um, like technical math, but like I was really yeah. good in like geometry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not good yeah. at like technical, like math and science, but um, yeah. anywho, neither here nor there. But like if I was homeschooled, it would have been like a guided plan to like be like, okay, like although Uzo is very advanced in these things, she needs to be in a more moderate class for this mm-hmm. instead of just sticking Got me it. in like all advanced classes because mm-hmm. I am smart. But like in this section, I'm actually, I actually need a lot of help yeah, with this I, particular subject. But yeah. The more you and I think know, that's because we're that. more, um, I think it's just like a different, I forget like left brain, right brain or whatever, but yeah. it's like, I feel like we are more like analytical. Yeah. It, we like, we like nuance. We like, things that you can we don't like definite answers whereas mathematical people they're more calculated you know there's a formula this is this this is always going to be this no matter each way you work this problem the answer will always be this but for us it's more so like oh like elaborate like explain like research yeah or what have you but um okay neither here nor there but um Going into chapter 10, Jeanette gets her first speaking role with Mad TV. And she's such a conscious little girl. She didn't want to say gay. I know. It was kind of taboo, though. You couldn't really walk around saying gay back then. But now it's like gay, 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 gay. Yeah. That, well, you know, it it makes me think about her friend in chapter two. Wait, I don't remember. Oh, I hope all is well. The one who liked pink. Yeah, I but hope I all is like, well. You know, like it, it's that it goes back to her thoughts surrounding yeah. like being Mormon and you know just who knows. She's very conscious. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what stuck out was like her mom just like didn't want her to like express any like self like you know like comfortability like even like when they're going to go get ice cream she decides that she wants to switch up her flavor and the mom has like a breakdown until to the point to where she switches it back and that's the only way to calm the mom down and I'm like if you don't let this girl get her um whatever type of flavor ice cream like why are you over here crying about that you annoying old lady what is wrong with you you know like that point that's actually where I probably wrote the most notes yeah listening to her recap it I feel like in those moments of like personal experience versus like describing a situation like the argument for example and like I I feel like those situations may there be maybe more words to like truly help you visually capture it but Mm -hmm. like her talking about you know, I think she wanted, it was the something Choco Cocoa, I believe it was. It the, was something nutty. Was it not the nutty? Yeah. Well, she wanted the cookies and, oh, the nutty coconut. Yeah. Yes. So um, she normally got the nutty coconut and um, she wanted, Jeanette wanted the cookies and cream. And I think, you know, her mom was like, you don't want the nutty coconut? And No. You know, she was just like, you're changing. And it was just like, at that verbiage like was just to hear it I was just like 
perhaps she is changing yeah understanding or you know she's finding ways to cope she just wants to try another flavor of ice cream you know but even in the moment of like securing something so celebratory yeah her choices still aren't her own exactly that was like like, ooh, like that part i was just like oh my god it's very icky yeah yeah no i agree a thousand percent with your sentiment oh i said cinnamon sentiments with your cinnamon but i agree with your sentiment like that's a that that shit was weird respectfully her mama is a creepo but um and then her mom is also a fake ab because in chapter 11 it was full of her mama talking about her best friend who she also hates who she's also like looks better than her who she also can't throw um (laughs) she can't trust her as far as she can throw her she was being so shady towards her best friend karen karen yes Yes, her best friend Karen, who I'm sure was trash, given her name. Mm-hmm. Still, Jeanette's yeah. mama, you're also trash. And then, yeah. like, why are you going in on your bestie to your daughter to where your daughter's like, yeah, you're like, mm. like, yeah, Karen's not a good friend. And I'm like, this is messy. But messy. it also goes to show, like, in that the parameters that her mom sets around how she views people. Crossing and, like, the lines. She, how she has them in her life and for what reason I yeah mean, one of the things that was said was that Karen was beautiful she's gorgeous you mm-hmm. know all those things and then it was attacks to her personal character because of the choice of because she know, stole her she son's name first, um, and she stole uh, the name and then I think like that name wasn't really was it James or Jason it, I want to say Jason she was, it was Jason yeah Jason so, which Jason yeah. is a good name. I don't I mind mean, the name Jason. Jason. It's a good name, but it's just like at the same time, sorry, it's common. So, but it's one of those names to where it is a common name, but like I don't know too many Jasons. Like I know, I know a couple of Jasons. I don't think I know one. If I'm really Maybe. thinking, Jason I Momoa. don't think I know. I don't know him though. <laughs> like he's not in my personal like connection yeah, I know I was because so, I know Jason and it's like the same thing like because when she was explaining it I was like yeah it is it's common but it's not like a Brad or like a um Chris I don't really or, know a lot of Brad's though. I know a I lot of Bradley's interesting and like these are Brad's it's well Brad's you know so Brad bad. is short for I don't think anyone's going around naming their child Brad like and really? not I think they're I I think oh. the majority, of course, I can't, so I don't know. Questions. I don't Should know all the brands. <laughs> I just feel like the, just like how nobody is like really naming their kids Chris, but there are, I know my friend's dad, his name is Chris. Uh-huh. It's not Christopher. His name's Chris. He was named Chris, but I don't think that's common. It's common. I know a lot of Chris's. But without it being shortened? Yeah, for so sure. So they're just named Chris. They're all in the Bronx. <laughs> oh, are they? <laughs> Maybe it's like a, a cultural thing up there, huh? So, I'm screaming. And I do think Marcus is also a good name. So oh, yeah. I wasn't Marcus mad at it. Yeah. I wasn't mad at it. I was like, okay, Jason, Marcus, okay, common, you know, yeah. masculine, but like, you yeah, know. Yeah, they are very masculine. Yeah. I yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you guys have good taste. Yeah. Um, oh, but oh. something that stood out to me in that chapter, because I'm a good one-liner kind of guy. Like yeah. it's the lines for me that I capture. 
um, was that she reiterated that Jeanette was her best friend. Yes, you know? I caught that. I was just going to yeah. mention that. Oh, yeah, we're on the same page. And Jeanette always. was like, I'm so happy to be your best friend. And I was yeah. like, girl, you need real friends. Right. Where are your other friends oh, that are your God. age? Yeah, that level of association and comfort, but dysfunction yes. at the same time. Like, break away from toxic relationships. But it's hard when that's your caregiver. Yeah. I mean, there was Especially a whole story so of someone like telling their daughter that they had a disease that they never had. Like, it's just. Are you talking about um, Gypsy Rose? Yeah. And Dee Dee Blanchard? <laughs> oh, she had to go though. We can talk about that at another time, but like I know, but I'm glad my mom died in that sense. Totally makes R.I.P. But yeah, you were on some other stuff. But it, it just Blanchard. goes to show the effects of toxicity. Yeah, very, very ridiculous. Um, but transitioning into our last chapter before we go, wow. chapter 12, which I actually was like, ooh, this is like chapter 12 was a little juicy. It was. It was. So basically, like Jeanette's mom couldn't take her to um, her dance class because she had to wash the dishes and clean up. So Mm -hmm. she asked her dad to take her. Um, At this point, we're aware that the dad is kind of distant from Jeanette. They don't have a super close relationship. And maybe that's because the one that she has with her mom is just so ridiculously close Mm -hmm. to where the one with the dad is distant, but like, mm-hmm. because they're so opposite, it yeah. looks super extreme to her. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of my thought on that. But um, Jeanette was super happy because she wants to spend time with her dad. Um, so her dad suggests that they bike to the dance class. She actually loves dance class because she feels free because her mom is not watching her because her mom does not care because her mom never wanted to be a dancer, mm-hmm. right? The only reason why she's going is because she did really bad in an audition. And so the mom was like, yeah, you got to learn how to dance. But that's not the mom's main focus. But 14 dance classes a week. I was like, how is that? Because how many are you taking? Are you taking two a day? It would be two a day. I was confused. But then again, she is homeschooled. Yeah, it would be two a day. Yeah. It's that that disconnect that like you highlighted. Like, okay, it was because she failed a Paula Abdul um, audition. And, you know... as a result of that, she's taking 14 dance classes That's a week. That's so dramatic. But her mom and her appreciation for how she's striving and, mm-hmm. you know, actually enjoying it doesn't make sense. But because you failed this, I can justify it by you taking 14 classes. Yeah. It's, it's so bizarre. It's like, so ridiculous. Bizarre. So ridiculous. Um, I guess the dad just got paid. He wanted to ride the bikes to the class. They end up having a nice time. They go for smoothies. They go to the playground. Jeanette realizes, though, I think before they go get the smoothies, like, oh, we're never going to make it in time for acting class. And so she makes the conscious decision not to tell her dad. Um, And the dad obviously forgot because from what we know of him, he's pretty spacey. He doesn't really, you know, whatever. So he wasn't even worried about that. Um, but Jeanette knew, but she was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't want to go. Like, yeah. mm, I'm not going to say nothing. So she proceeded mm-hmm. to enjoy her day. <laughs> yeah, and they came home and nice the mom smoothie. is livid. Jangling like, the, the keys, honey. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I guess for me, like, I felt that this was a chapter where Jeanette highlighted 
trying to bridge some of the identity between her dad as a dad and like mm -hmm. what that looks like upon discovering who his daughter is but then that element of how imperative a key piece her mom is is a key player and controller when it came to her birthday card and her dad just kind of saying and he spelled you know, her name wrong he did and he just put love dad but then you know her mom reiterated like did you get Jeanette's birthday card like you know as in if it was her idea anyway. So yeah. it, it's like things like that, hearing her play it back in her mind, you know, just kind of makes you feel, I think as a reader, that the identity is just kind of a body. Like she's trying to give life to it, but like it's so diluted by her damn yeah. mama. Like she is so controlling. It's so freaking toxic that I can't even I can't even um and I feel like honestly as we're probably going to get into with the rest of the book I wouldn't be surprised like if it's outed that the reason why her dad is so distant is because the mom won't let him near her yeah like I wouldn't be surprised I would I mean, not be surprised I think for me like just as a resonating point aside from the nosy neighbor but you know about to call the social services again because child he don't know what's happening on that front porch yeah. but you know it was also hearing Jeanette's mom say that the theme behind you know her acting class that she was gonna take you know was a wise little girl with a retarded dad so this is not too far from Jeanette's life like that was the last line that Jeanette like you know read and I don't know if that was the same thing that mirrored in the book but like it's the same book what you, well, you're no, because like some things obviously like I don't think she's reading it word for word for word if that makes that's sense. literally what an audiobook is she has to no that's not true because I've had an audiobook that doesn't actually match the actual book I have no legit yeah I have a book Oh, we can okay we'll compare <laughs> i'm like because no with the audiobook you are it's supposed to be mirroring you having the book you it's have true. to read it yeah it's not a podcast boo like no, she's reading a book. You, i have a book that is not the same our audiobooks read word for word because <laughs> you're being ridiculous the audiobook is not different from the real one <laughs> except she is reading it herself it's literally what like if that? you were reading the kids a book is that really oh okay that's it, it says it for google but wait hold on mm. it says listening to audiobooks is the same as reading because you still have to listen word for word to make up the narrative are audiobooks read word for word Audiobooks can be exact word-for-word -word versions of books abridged versions. See, yeah, that's that's the thing. If it's abridged, it's not the same as like word for word. But I don't know what this one is. So let's just Oh no, one. you know, you're actually right. Because it says audiobooks can be exact word-for-word -word versions or books of books or abridged versions. Okay. Yeah. So I but down. I will I will <laughs> I, I relinquish. So, so being that <laughs> correct in, in both the audio and the actual book, the last line yes, was that truly, was the last line <laughs> was, was revealing. I think truly, like I don't know. I just felt sad. Like like hearing that was just 
Because he's not. He well, I, that is just the disdain. Like I, I feel like for a child to feel that and be a part of that is mm-hmm. toxic to the child's well being. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's so it, rude. That's just reiterated throughout this. It's a treacherous cycle, and I think it's just getting more detailed and fleshed out. In the yeah. beginning chapters, I felt like okay, we were just getting a little, little bit warm, and now we're starting to get some of those sauces and you know some of those extra layers into truly just I I think how Jeanette's feelings are what they are based on the title yeah Yeah. (sighs) well that wraps up this week's review of chapters 5 through 12 of I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy Mm -hmm. RJ any thoughts um my thoughts are you know you have to break the cycle of toxic relationships and Mm -hmm. I think that starts with like going out on a limb yeah. and starting the healing process. However, that is because I don't know. I, as we get through the book, we'll learn more. But I wonder if it was anything lost, you know, other than yourself uh, yeah. before that that transition happens. You mm-hmm. know, like what resolve do you find? Do you have to only find resolve afterwards? I guess if that makes sense, because that work you're now doing alone, you know, Mm -hmm. because you can't speak to that. So those are my thoughts there. Yes. And as always, I'm going to need for you guys to shop www.essentiallyuzo.com, which is my business. It's affirmation-based. I have your floor mat, little accessories for little Black girls with curly hair. Again, that is www.essentiallyuzo.com. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dissect the BS. And yeah, bye. Bye. Thank you.